Pastor John Cannon and the Congregation of Victory Church welcome you to this message from the Word of God. It is our heartfelt desire to see you grow closer to the Lord and to help you become all that He has created you to be. Our prayer is that through this ministry you would come to know Him in a greater way and that these teachings from Scripture would better equip you to fulfill His plan in your life. Now, let's join Pastor John as we study the Word together. of worrying. Well, what is worry anyway? Worry, and there's a lot of different definitions you could use, but I tried to really go back to the original language and go back to the original English root word of how we use the word worry. It really has, you can go away from the survey, it really has, uh, I have this on the screen also, it really has two different meanings. Worry, first of all, means being pulled in different directions, okay? It's like you're pulled here, you got something you're, you're thinking about on this end and something else over here, and you have some hopes and you have some fears and you have different things going on at the, at the same time in your life. As I was walking back through there, um, Dan came up to me and said, health care. You know, p- folks are really concerned and worried about that, and, and that's a legitimate concern. And uh, so you have all these different things that are taking place in our life, things that are pulling us in different directions. Would that be you? And then another idea or another thing about worrying is not only being pulled in these different directions, but it also means to strangle. It's almost like to choke. It's almost like to be so worried about something that now I'm starting to have these physical problems. I'm having difficulty in breathing. We call those anxiety attacks, right? Just things that we're worried and we're worked up over it, and it's causing us to have these different health issues in our life. Well, I believe, I believe Paul lays out for us a strategy. I believe he lays out for us the strategy on how we can live a worry-free life. Now, I'm not saying there's not going to be things that we're concerned about, but I mean this worrying to where we're just constantly pulled in all these different directions, this worrying to where it's causing us to have health problems where, you know, we, we fall into either depression or we have anxiety attacks and we're having to get the bag out and breathe in it. And I mean, I think there's some things in God's Word that can help us overcome those things that oftentimes we worry about. In Philippians chapter 4, I want you to look there, if you will, please, quickly. In Philippians chapter 4, I'm not going to read the entire text to you, But I want to give you a paraphrase of what was taking place in Philippians chapter 4 and verse number 1. Now, first of all, who is writing this letter? Do you know who it is? Paul, right? Where is Paul writing this letter from? From jail. He's in a cold, wet, damp dungeon. And he's writing the book of Philippians from this prison. Matter of fact, the book of... The book of Philippians is labeled and titled, if you will, the most joyous book in the entire Bible. But yet it was written from a guy that had almost everything going wrong in his life. So as we would look at it, we would believe. So here he is in this prison. But not only are things kind of going bad in his life, but things are also going bad in the church at Philippi and the church at Rome. There's division. That is there. There's trouble that's there. 
in Philippians chapter 4, I believe it's verse 2 or 3, very early, he talks about these two ladies that are at odds with one another. They're fussy. And then he's telling the rest of the church, work with them. They're, they're contributors to the gospel. They're good people. They've just got an issue that they need to work through. How many's ever had an issue with somebody? Right? What's the thing you don't do? You don't tuck and run from it. Here's one thing I've, here's one thing I've discovered. And this is what's helped me stay here now going on 16 years of being pastors this church. My pastor told me back when I was a young preacher. I'm in my 20s now, okay? I'm an associate pastor serving under him in my 20s. I look back now and I realize that as a 20-something, I probably had no business being a pastor at all. I, I, I even go back and listen to some of the things, some of the sermons I preach outside of the sound doctrine that's there. Some of the other things that I kind of, I think, who in the world even listened to that stuff back, back in the day, right? You gain some wisdom as you get a little bit older and you realize some things. But here's one of the things he told me. And this was after church and we were having a little bit of um, a problem in the church. Which, by the way, if you're looking for a perfect church, don't join it. You'll probably mess it up, right? Because there, there are no perfect churches. Hello? Every church has personality conflicts and they have little things they've got to work through. And it's the same thing as a family, right? Your, your family is the same way. We all have those EGR family members, right? Well, what's an EGR family member? Extra grace required, right? We all have family members like that. We have church family members like that. We've got to work through it. But my pastor, Pastor Leonard, he told me this. He said, John, he said, whatever you run from in this church and in this ministry, that will be the first thing that you have to face in the next church, in the next, next ministry that you go to. So if you're going to run from something... You may buy yourself a little bit of time, but eventually you're going to face it once again. And what I have learned is that God uses those challenges that we have to go through in life to grow us, right? If we're looking for a church or we're looking for a family or we're looking for relationships where there are no problems whatsoever, I tell you, they don't exist. Are you with me? So even Paul had trouble. He had trouble in his life, personally. He's locked up in prison. There was trouble at the church at, at Philippi. These ladies were in contention one with another, and they were upset with each other, and, and they were arguing in the church. The church now was divided at Philippi. Not only did Paul have the responsibility of the church at Philippi, but also the church at Rome. If you go and you study at this time, the church at Rome was also struggling, and there was great division. Now, you've got to understand, Paul had poured his life into these churches, okay? Everything that he did, every ounce of his being was poured into developing and growing and planting and starting and seeing these churches grow. And now he, here he is, trapped, if you will, in this dungeon and this prison. He can't do a thing about the church at Philippi. He can't do a thing about the church at Rome. But yet we see that he gives us the secret of a worry-free life. Now, would you agree that Paul had some things he could be worried about? Right? Yes, he did. And I also know there are some things that we too could be worried about. 
But I want you to look what he says in verse number 4. Philippians chapter 4, verse 4. He says, Rejoice in the Lord always, and I will say it again, rejoice. You see, we can choose whether we're going to rejoice or not. We can make a conscious effort, we can make a conscious decision on whether we're going to choose to have joy in our hearts and rejoice or whether we're going to choose to have a pity party. Now, there are some people that just love to play the victim. Are you with me, guys? There's some people that just, they almost bask and in, in just in being the victim and singing the woe is me. Life is so terrible. Life is so hard. Life is so wrong. Why have I been dealt these cards? On and on and on and on it goes. Right? I mean, if you track Facebook at all, you can see those that enjoy being the victim. Come on, smile. Right? Those that are always saying, woe is me. Life is so hard. I'm like, stop it. Get out of it. Choose to live a joyful life. Get into the book of Philippians, the wonderful book of joy, and decide in your heart that I am not going to allow the devil to rob and steal my joy from me going into this Thanksgiving season and into this Christmas season. I am going to apply the secret that Paul gives us here in chapter number 4. I want to share it with you real quickly. There are four things, okay? Four things that he's writing to us about in this passage of Scripture. He starts in verse number 6, and he says this, Don't worry about anything. So step number one for us is to choose not to worry. Right? Now, I'm not saying there are not things we could worry about. I am not saying that there are not things that could really cause us to be filled with tremendous anxiety. Of course, there are always those things. But we get to make a choice. Am I going to choose to worry and fret over this thing? Or am I going to choose to rejoice? Well, I have, and I I struggle with this sometimes, but for the most part, I'm not one that really bogs down in worrying about a lot of different things. Because I've learned that God is greater than any problem that I have. I have learned that God can do more about a situation than I could ever do. So I've just tried to get into the practice of giving it to Him, giving it to the Lord and letting Him worry about it, letting Him take care of it, and me not worry about it. Are you with me? Look what he says. Worry worry not. Don't worry about anything. Now, there are those micro worries that we have, right? Those personal things that we have. And then there's those macro worries, those worldwide things that we worry about. I don't know if you watch the news at all, but as you see what's going on overseas and around the world and even here in America or even just across the river, there are things that could cause us to worry. And then on top of that, our personal worries, we have our finances. I mean, our budgets are going to be squeezed from now all the way through New Year's, right? Families are going to have to travel, and when you travel, that's an expense, an added thing to your budget, right? You're going to have to buy gifts for for folks, and that's going to put a little stress and strain on the budget. I mean, there are just things on the personal level that in this time of year could cause us to worry. I want to encourage you. Let's do what Paul says. Let's don't worry. Let's just choose not to worry about these things. 
And just a while ago, I gave you the overview study of the, that was done on worrying, and only about 8% of those things are legitimate things that we could even worry about. The rest of them, there's nothing we could do about them anyway. So let's, number one, let's simply worry about nothing. And I realize that's easier said than done. But it would be a whole lot easier when you put all four of these steps together. Okay? Step number one, let's just choose not to worry about it. All right? Let's give it to the Lord. Right? Matter of fact, if you will, look in Matthew's Gospel, chapter 6 and verse number 34. Jesus says, therefore, don't worry about tomorrow, because tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Here's the key to reducing stress. You want to reduce stress in your life? You want to reduce worry and anxiety in your life? Here it is. Live one day at a time. Right? Yesterday is a canceled note. There's not a thing in the world that I can do about yesterday. It's a canceled check, if you will. Tomorrow's a promissory note. It may get here. It may not get here. So I'm not going to choose to worry a whole lot about tomorrow. All I have is the present. You know what today is? The present is cash in the hand, baby. Everybody say cash in the hand. That's what today is. Now I can do something about today, right? So I'm going to take Jesus' advice in Matthew 6, 34, where he says, Therefore, don't worry about tomorrow. I'm just not going to worry about it. I'm going to be faithful. I'm going to, I'm going to love the Lord. I'm going to walk in His will for my life. I'm going to choose joy in my life. I'm going to turn everything over to Him. I've just chosen not to worry because I'm going to live one day at a time, right? Step number two, I want you to get this one. Not only worry about nothing, but He also, He doesn't leave it there. He tells us to pray about everything. So worry about nothing. Instead, pray about everything. Here's one thing I've learned of the Lord in Scripture. When He tells us not to do something, He immediately comes behind that and tells us something to do. Okay? So He tells you, do not worry. And then He says, pray. Okay? So whenever we worry, what we're doing, we're being disobedient to the commands of God. He says, don't worry. Secondly, He says, Pray about everything. Philippians chapter 4, verse 6b. It says, In everything, through prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, let your requests be known to God. Now, look what he says. He says that we are to be praying in everything. Not just some things, but we're to be praying in everything. But then I want you to look what he says in Scripture. He says, pray in everything through prayer and petition. Well, what is that prayer and petition? You know what Paul has given us a lesson here about? He's saying, guys, I want you to be specific about what you're praying about. Just don't pray in general. Too often we, we just pray in general. We just say, we say, Lord, just bless us. And that's kind of where we leave it. But you know what I have discovered through 25 years of pastoring? That sometimes blessings show up as trouble. Right? If God says, okay, I'm going to bless you. But to get the blessing, you're going to have to go through some valleys. You're going to have to go through some hard places. You're going to have to learn some lessons. You're going to have to grow to this level of spiritual maturity. And there I'll give you the blessing. But getting the blessing 
sometimes causes us to go through some hardships in life. Are you with me? So whenever we just say, Lord, just bless us, what we're really thinking is, Lord, give me $1,000. Lord, keep me healthy. Lord, you know, that's kind of what we're thinking, right? Come on, guys. I'm, just be real with me, okay? So my point is this. When you pray, be specific. I encourage you to have a prayer journal. I have in my tablet on my phone, I use Evernote. I don't know if you guys are familiar with that or not, but I use Evernote and I have a prayer journal notebook in Evernote and I have a, I have a running log of things over the years that I have been praying about. And when God answers them, I go back there and, and I highlight it and I put out there how God answered that prayer, which by the way, let me call time out right here. God answered a prayer in this church family last week, in the last week or two. Are you guys aware of what he did? Baby Lexi, you don't have Lexi with you, do you? She's in the nursery. Lexi is in the nursery. My wife called me or texted me last week and said, Lexi's at, she was at church last week. Came through this major surgery. You've seen her little head. You, how many have seen baby Lexi? This major, major surgery that she had. If you remember, we brought them up. We prayed specifically for God to bless her, for God to steal the hands of the doctors, for God to give them wisdom, for God to bring healing to her, for God to give her a quick and full recovery. And at the end of the day, we would give Him all the praise and the honor and the glory. That is praying specifically over something. Now, I think, at the end of the day, now she still has a way to, ways to go and still has some healing to go, but she has come a long way. And you know why? Because God heard and answered our specific prayer that we were praying for. Therefore, we need to do what we promised God we would do, and that's give Him all the honor and the praise and the glory for hearing and answering that prayer. We need to give the Lord a big, strong praise offering for that. Amen? What a blessing. I mean, what a blessing. They can tell you the details of that surgery, but it just blows me away. And how healthy and how, how far she is in the recovery process blows me away. But that's a blessing. And that's, there's you a good example of how we're to pray specifically. Worry about nothing, but pray about everything. 1 Peter 5, 7, the Bible says this, Cast all your care on Him because He cares for you. Folks, listen, God doesn't want you to carry those burdens around and carry those anxieties around and carry those things around that you're worrying over. He wants you to bring those to Him. Cast all of your care upon the Lord. Why? Because He cares for us. Listen to the same verse of Scripture in the Living Bible. says it this way, let him have all of your worries and all of your cares, for he is always thinking about you, and he's watching everything that concerns you. Newsflash, there is nothing too big, and on the same token, there is nothing too small that we can't take to our God in prayer. And we need to learn that, church. We need to learn that we need to quit worrying and fretting over things, and we need to start praying more and turning things over into God's hands. I promise you, He can handle the situation far better than we can. And He's concerned about us. And He's thinking about us. And He knows what is troubling us. And whenever we worry, it's really just a simple 
sign of a lack of faith that we have in God. Hello? Worry about nothing. Pray about everything. Number three, get this one. Thank God in all things. Same verse of Scripture. Philippians chapter 4 and verse number 6. It says, in everything, through prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known unto God. Guys, you know what the healthiest emotion is in our lives? Some folks immediately say love. Love is not the healthiest emotion that we have. You know what the healthiest emotion that we have in life is? Gratitude. It's a heart of gratitude. Matter of fact, people that are grateful are happy people. Right? I mean, they're just happy. Grateful people are happy people. And what we need to learn is to how, how to have this attitude of gratitude. Right? To be just grateful. Just grateful we have a place to, to worship. Just grateful that we have a roof over our head. Just grateful that we have a car that we can drive. And I think about Harold and Jamie and the wreck they had a couple weeks back and, and how God blessed them and protected them and took care of them. And I realized they were worrying a bit over the type of transportation they would move into. But God heard their request and answered their prayer and put them in a vehicle that they could get around with, right? So we need to give the Lord a praise offering right there. I mean, you look around, you can see where God is working in our lives and we'll simply put this to the test. Thank God in all things. 1 Thessalonians 5.18, you need to get a hold of this verse. 1 Thessalonians 5.18. Now this is, this is Thanksgiving season. This is the one time of year when we are to pause and reflect and to be thankful. But look what it says. 1 Thessalonians 5.18 Give thanks in everything. Give thanks in everything. For this is the will of God concerning you in Christ Jesus. Give thanks in everything. Now, notice it does not say give thanks for everything. Right? There are some things that come upon us that we're not thankful for. But we can be thankful in it. Are you with me? As we go through the process, we can still have a heart of gratitude. A lot of people focus so much on what they've lost, therefore they have a hard time being thankful about anything. Well, here's what you need to do. You need to shift your focus. Shift your focus from what you've lost to what you have left. Right? I don't care what it is in life. I don't care what the problem is in life. I don't care what you've lost in life. Shift your focus from what you've lost. As long as you're always looking at what, you're, what you've lost, you're always looking at the negative side of things, and you're always playing the victim, you're always having the pity party. Let's rise out of that, right? Because greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. God in one, make a majority in any situation. Are you with me, church? Let's shift it to not what we've lost, but let's shift it to what we have left, and let's thank God for what we have left. Let's thank God in everything. Let's have this heart of thanksgiving. You say, well, how can I have this heart of thanksgiving? We have this heart of thanksgiving because we know that our God cares for us. 1 Peter 5 eight. We can have this heart of thanksgiving because we know our God is thinking about us. 
We can have this heart of thanksgiving because we know our God is aware of the situation that we're going through. We're not walking through this thing by ourselves. He gave us a promise. I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. I will be with you always, even until the end of the age. That is a promise. So whatever you're facing and whatever you're going through, let's be thankful. Let's shift our focus from what we've lost to shifting our focus now, paying attention to what we have left, and know that, hey, God is with me through this. He's aware of what I'm going through. He will see me through this. He will make a way. One of my favorite little cliches in Scripture, and it's more in the King James Bible than it is the newer translations, but I love the little phrase in Scripture when it says, this too shall pass. Right? This too shall pass. So whatever it is that we're in the middle of today, I want you to know it's a season you're going through. Learn to be grateful in the middle of it. There are three things we need to do. Don't worry about anything. Pray about everything. And thank God in and through everything that we're going through. Have a grateful heart and be thankful to Him. Let me give you number four and I'll be done. Number four is this. We need to change the way we think. Now this is big. In Philippians chapter 4, in verse number 8, we need to think about the right things. Listen to what he says. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any moral excellence, if there is any praise, think on or dwell on these things. Guys, do you realize that the way you think determines pretty much the way you feel? Right? So what we need to do, we need to retrain our brains. Right? Our brains almost have the default of thinking about the negative things But what we need to do is start thinking about some positive things. Now, I realize there's a whole movement out there of Norman Vincent Peale years ago about the power of positive thinking, and and I'm not falling into that, and I don't want you to fall into that. However, I have discovered that in all movements that we can label or not label, however you want to label it, a little bit cultish, there is a grain of truth that is there. Okay? Right? Paul is telling us in Philippians chapter 4 and verse number 8, He says this, I want you to think differently. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, think on truth. Don't think on things that are false. Don't think on the rumors and the lies. Dwell on truth, whatever is true, whatever is honorable. Don't think about the dishonorable things that people may or may not do to you or the dishonorable things that may be taking place and going on in our culture today. Think about honorable things. When we start shifting the way we think, it's going to shift and have a, have a direct impact on the way that we feel. Are you with me? Think on things that are true. Think on things that are honorable. Think on things or whatever is just. Think on things that are pure. Think on things that are lovely. Think on things that are commendable. Those are the things that we are to dwell on. And when we start... Changing the way we feel or think, it will change the way we feel 
which ultimately will change the way we act, right? So whenever we focus our attention and our heart on the Lord Jesus Christ and we stop worrying, right, we pray about everything, we give thanks in all things, and we think on things that are right, it's going to have a profound impact on the way we feel and how we act. Now, do you want God's peace to rest on you throughout this Thanksgiving season? What's the result of doing these things? The result is Philippians chapter 4 and verse 7. Okay? I've just unpacked really verse 4 and verse 6. The result is found when we do those things. The result is found in verse number 7. What is verse 7? Verse 7 says, And the peace of God which surpasses every thought will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Do you want the peace of God this Thanksgiving season and going into this Christmas season, even year-round? If we want God's peace, then we've got to line up with what Scripture says that we are to be doing. Stop worrying. Start praying. Right? Be thankful. And change the way we think. And when you do those things together... The result is in verse 7, peace. How could the Apostle Paul have peace in the dungeon? How could he have peace in prison? Because he lived by the things that he wrote down for us. He had trouble in his life. But you wouldn't see there's trouble in his life according to the book of Philippians. You don't see him dwelling on that. You don't see him having a pity party. You don't see him crying out for everybody to come along his side and cry with him, right? Now listen, I realize we all, and I look through the room and I I know some personal stories going on in everybody's life for the most part here. I understand that. And I'm not saying that we, we don't go through some hard places. I'm saying when we do go through those hard places, now we've got to make a conscious effort and decision. What are we going to do? Are we going to sit there and worry and fret over it? That, that's going to get you nowhere. And certainly the peace of God's not going to follow you through that. Right? But when we stop worrying and we start praying. Remember I said, when God tells you to remove something, He puts something there. He wants you to remove the worry. He wants you to put in the prayer. Right? Remove the worry. Put in the prayer. And when you're praying specifically about what's taking place in your life, I want you to thank God for where you are right now because God is moving even in your life. You may say, well, it's horrible what's happening in my life right now. I'm not saying it's not horrible. It may be horrible. Have you ever went back and studied the life of Job? How horrible was that? Right? But God brought him out in the end and blessed him even at the end. But he had to go through some difficult places. So guys, I'm just trying to say, whatever it is you're going through, and whatever it is you're facing in life right now, and especially as research has told us that from Thanksgiving to New Year's is the most stressful time of year for families and individuals. Matter of fact, research and statistics tell us that there are more suicides in that time frame of year than any other time of year. So I want to help you. I want to help you have the peace of God through Thanksgiving, Christmas, and New Year's. And every, all year long. How do we do that? Don't worry. 
Talk to me. Don't worry. What's number two? Pray. Everybody say it. Pray. Pray about all things. Number three is what? Be thankful. Thankful in all things, not necessarily for all things. And the last one is what? Well, the result is is God's peace when we change the way we think. We think on things that are pure and lovely, things that are honorable, things that are just. Guys, I promise you, if you really start living right there, you start applying these four steps that Paul unpacks for us in Philippians chapter 4, it'll change the way you look at a lot of things in your life. You'll see that God is at work even in the midst of the trouble that may, you may be going through and the hard places you may be going through. You can still have peace in the midst of trouble and trials and persecution and hard places. But you've got to rethink. You can't fall into the way the world thinks. You've got to change your behavior. You've got to change your perspective. You've got to look at things from a biblical world view. Okay? I'm going to ask our band to come this morning. Every head bowed, every eye closed. I don't know what you may be facing this morning. You say, preacher, really, how do I, how do I get that peace? Where do I go from here? Well, I just want to say this. It all begins with a personal relationship Jesus Christ. That's where it starts. And if you don't know Christ as your Savior, you're going to have a hard time. Matter of fact, you just can't even go down the path that I just laid out for you. It's going to be hard not to worry because you have nobody to pray to. Right? You have, you look around, you have nobody to thank. The thinking's not going to change. But then we have a relationship that's where it starts. So I wonder as every head is bowed and every eye is closed and please no one looking around, I want to help you this morning. If you're here today and you're going through some hard places, I just want to ask you first of all, how is your relationship right now between you and the Lord? Is everything well with your soul? Have you looked to Jesus, the author and the finisher of your faith? Have you given your heart and your life to Him? recognize that you're a sinner and that he died on the cross for your sins and he was buried and he rose again victoriously the third day and have you asked him to come into your life? Have you asked him to forgive you? Guys, that's where it starts. And you may be here and you're already a believer. But maybe you've kind of drifted away from the Lord. Maybe you're not where you need to be. Lord, for not living in Philippians chapter 4, 
Forgive us, God, for our worry. Forgive us for not praying specifically. Forgive us for not being thankful. Forgive us for not for not thinking properly. God, help us. Help us, Lord, to live in Philippians 4. Help us, dear God, to leave worry behind. To not put too much thought in tomorrow as far as worrying about it is concerned. The past is past. All we have is today. And today, Lord, we are choosing to leave worry behind increase our prayer life possibly even to start a prayer journal and writing down our specific prayers that we're praying for and laying our petition before you God we're changing our perspective we're learning how to be thankful in all things not necessarily thankful for all things but in all things. Lord, we're learning how to be thankful. And God, we're even trying to reshape our mind, and we ask for your help here. Help us, Lord, to guard our minds. God, the old saying, garbage in, garbage out, is so true. Help us to protect and guard the gate of the mind. Help us to think on things that are true, lovely, pure, commendable, honorable, just. And not to always be thinking about the negative things in our lives or even in our world. If we do that, God, you promise us in verse 7 that we then can have your peace. God, I believe there's a group of people here today that bask in your peace. They want to go through this Thanksgiving season and Christmas season and New Year's season rejoicing and having joy in their heart not overcome with worry and anxiety. Father, help us, Lord. Help all of us to live in Philippians 4. every single one of us we all have things that cause us to worry and fret we all have some things in our past that has broken us or hurt us we can move past but only with the help of the Lord but collectively together let's choose not to worry rather let's choose to pray Father, I ask your blessings on this congregation today. Help us, Lord, to do those things we've talked about in Jesus' name. Amen.
Well, thank you for joining us for this message from the Word of God. We know that the truth you have just heard will change your life if you believe it and intentionally apply it. If you need someone to pray with or maybe you just want someone to talk to, please call us at 618-622-9360. That's 618-622-9360. Or you can email us at victory at victorychurchonline.net. If you're interested in obtaining more teaching materials, or if you'd like to partner with us in this ministry, please contact us. You can email or call, or send a request to 715 Lake Point Center, Suite 109, Fallon, Illinois, 62269. Come and check us out on the web at www.victorychurchonline.net. And again, we thank you and are glad you could join us.